Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. The place for pets and the people who love them. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here are your hosts, practicing veterinarians, Dr. Roger Welton and Dr. Karen Lewis. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. I'm one of your hosts, Roger Welton, practicing veterinarian, coming to you with my co-host, Dr. Karen. How are things in Missouri there, Dr. Karen? Hot, just like in Florida, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I, I don't think. I. Hmm. It always makes me laugh when I hear you northerners comp- com- complaining about the heat. You, you have no idea what you're talking about. Is it 100 degrees with 100% humidity? <laughs> um, it was earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's days where I'm like, we watch the weather and we're like, okay, it is seriously cooler in Miami. <laughs> like, well, oh, what is wrong with this picture? Anyway. <laughs> you know, I will say when I lived in Illinois uh, during during my wonderful time at uh, Urbana-Champaign College of Veterinary Medicine there, it was ungodly hot. I mean, and I had, you know, I started my education in you know, down by the equator on the island of St. Kitts. And there were some, like, on, on ambulatory medicine, we'd be out at the farms, and it really felt really, really hot. So I think there's something about the corn or something and the water table. Or, <laughs> I don't know. I, I remember somebody explained it to me one time. Like, I'm like, it's like, and, and there's no wind. Well, yeah, there's no wind oh, because, and it's, yeah, and you just sit and you just stew. And, yeah. and I used to love and, visiting the pig farms in the midst oh, of all that heat, you know, during swine medicine. Yes. Yeah. Good times. Wow. Great <laughs> well, anyway, let's, let's talk about something people actually want to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> because this isn't it. <laughs> yeah. Really hot pig styes. Okay. Yeah. So, so tonight we're talking about heartworm disease. Uh, based on an article Dr. Karen had written, that's a phenomenal article, and it's five things you probably don't know about heartworm disease. And really excited to get into this topic. You know this is near and dear to my heart, practicing in potentially – we discussed this. We're not sure if it's us or Texas, but one of us is the heartworm capital of the world. I believe it's Florida. <laughs> I feel like I deal with it every five seconds of my career. <laughs> um, so I think it's an awesome topic. And you've had a rash of heartworm cases yourself, which is crazy. I know, because here, I mean, I'll get, with my practice personally, I get one or two a year. Right. And I had seven in a month. So That's unbelievable. It, yeah. and in, it was, a, in a non-tropical climate, that is beyond crazy. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, it's skewed because there's a um, in the there's an area where it's very low income and there's a lot of dogs just like walking free and all of those dogs have heartworm, every single dog. And so, I mean, if if it was a practice in there, you know, the the demographics would be skewed. But um, some of these are rescue dogs from that area, but some are just dogs people have. And Mm -hmm. it's crazy. Anyway, so we'll talk more about it. Yeah, really interesting. So we have some uh, listener email. We got a little bit of a backlog there, Dr. Karen. We're... um we're moving up in the world. Thank you so much, everyone, for, for sending in the emails. Uh, we're, we have uh, three on deck right now, but we can really – it's such an involved topic tonight. We really only have time for one. Giovanna, we love you. Uh, you have a great email about uh, the choke collars. We're going to get to that in an upcoming episode. Appreciate the email. Um, Max's owner, she, was, she, uh, we, she had listened to our food allergy or I believe it's food trial uh, mm-hmm. episode. And uh, really took it seriously, and she was really intrigued about the chicken allergy being such a high, uh, al- high on the allergen list. And uh, apparently, it really helped her dog. And she sent us a really nice, heartfelt email. We will certainly get to that as soon as we can. Uh, but uh, right now, on deck is Mister Hector. We don't do last names from my home state of Florida. 
He's a little further south, where it's even hotter. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be Deerfield Beach. Um, really nice, concise, great question about space news. You ready for me, Dr. Karen? Yeah, I like his email because he's so brief and to the point because it's a guy. He's Uber. a dude. See, we girls have to like give our whole background. <laughs> <laughs> Guys are like, hey, this is what's going on. Yeah, so. <laughs> we're, we're simple creatures. That's, that's for sure. We shop much quicker, too. Yes. Um, so uh, here we go. This is Hector. Hi, Dr. Welton. My name is Hector, and I am from Deerfield Beach, Florida. I just came. I just became the proud owner, I love that proud owner, of a Pointer Lab mixed puppy named Gracie. She's 11 weeks old and doing very well. My question for you is about spaying puppies before six months of age. I know you recommend spay or neutering around six months of age. I'm with you on this. My Gracie was spayed at two months of age, weighing 13 pounds the day before I got her. Is it ever too early to spay a puppy, and are there any potential long-term or short-term, short-term risks? Was Gracie spayed too early? Thank you, Hector. Excellent question. It, you, you see a lot of banter on this on like Facebook and forums and stuff like that. Some of it legitimate, some of it very not legitimate. So um, I'm tired of hearing my own voice. So let's let's hear okay. your take on this first. <laughs> so, well, actually, I have a unique take because I actually worked at the Humane Society of Missouri okay. for four years, which is the largest shelter in the state of Missouri. And uh, they would not adopt out an animal, dog or cat, until it was spayed or neutered. So um, puppies... And kittens would routinely be spayed or neutered at eight weeks. Kittens wow. had to weigh two pounds. That was the requirement. Um, puppies uh, pretty much had to be eight weeks old. There wasn't really a weight because obviously of breed, you know, ranges. And um, you do anesthesia different in a pediatric situation like that. You have to worry about things like low blood sugar, keeping them warm enough. So if you do a lot of these pediatric spays and neuters, which these shelters typically do, you know, that that's, they're used to it, and you do it well, in my opinion, there's no potential adverse effects, um, especially if you know what to look for and you know what to prevent. Um, we were talking earlier about, um, Dr. Roger and I, about neutering young, and I think neutering uh, is a little bit different than um, spaying. I'm like spaying many times. The thing about spaying is do it before they have their first heat cycle. That's far and away you know, the goal. If it's four weeks, if it's four months, if it's five months, if it's three months, whatever. You know, I'm not too caring about that. But um, neutering, we were talking earlier, and, and some of these large and giant breed dogs, I prefer to wait. And Dr. Roger, you were saying that you recommend, what is it, 9 to 12 months for your for, large for, breed? For giant, yeah, large and giant breed, I, I, I recommend stretching it out and potentially having to deal with some male behavior, you know, the, the humping, the sniffing, and the various things that doesn't always go away when you neuter, but there's a, a study just came out, and, and I, I, I can't cite the source. My apologies, but uh, it came in one of those big, you know, those giant publications that we get that look like huge newspapers. Yes. DV, DVM something or other. DVM 360. Yes, DVM 360. Thank you. And <laughs> so a gentleman, an orthopedic surgeon, did a, a, sh- a study on German Shepherd males um, and neutering um, south of a year versus north of a year. And what his conclusion was that there was a significant increase in ACL tears uh, anterior cruciate ligament tears of the knee in dogs that were uh, neutered south of one year versus uh, over a year. So that's specifically German Shepherds, um, but I think it's plausible that could apply to other other breeds. Um, and, uh, you know, it wasn't, I, I don't remember the exact percentage, but it was significant. It wasn't like 0.2%. It was like 13% or something like that. Oh, wow. Uh, to me, that's pretty oh, significant. Yeah. I, and I'm kind of throwing a number arbitrarily out there, but it was it was definitely in the double digits, um, and I want to say 13 just rings a bell for me. But at any rate, um, I agree with you. Uh, 
my, my only concern for Gracie might be that uh, statistically there is a slightly higher potential for early age incontinence, meaning that she could uh, wet her bed in her sleep, which we see more in females. But um, when she when she's older, not right. When away. she's older, yes, of course, yeah. yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> uh, when she's older, um, you know, normally under normal circumstances, you might see that at 13 years of age, like when I, my, my, my last female dog. Um, but you might see it at five, six, seven years of age. And, and But the good news is it's quite treatable and it's very safe to treat. So uh, I wouldn't yeah. worry too much. And the only other thing I see sometimes in these girls that are spayed really young, and again, I'm all for spaying young if it's done right. So I'm not saying, you know, they, they did anything wrong by any means. Right. I do see a lot of what we call juvenile or recessed vulvas. And that is the girl part when you lift up their tail. You should be able to see something. And a lot of these girls, when they're spayed real, real young, that doesn't really form all the way. So it kind of hides and they get it in this skin fold. And some of these girl dogs are prone to dermatitis or skin inflammation or skin infections because when they pee, all that moisture kind of stays in those folds. However, <laughs> it's usually an obese dogs too. So if you keep your dog's <laughs> weight at an appropriate weight, this should not be as such of a problem. Right. So <clears throat> it's the dogs who are spayed young and <coughs> happen to be obese. Right. So, well, it's probably the second thing. That's <laughs> more of a problem than the first thing. So, yes. so there you have it, Hector. Uh, just watch her weight and everything should be fun. <laughs> yeah. And, no, and her... congratulations on adopting a dog from a shelter. Yes. Awesome. Good for you. That's phenomenal. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Everyone for having should. That. Yes. <laughs> no, no doubt. So, um, you wrote the article, so let's have you jump right into our topic here. Oh, thank you, by the way, for the email, Hector, and uh, good luck. So, yes, please, dive right in. Oh, okay. Tell, tell so, us things that we don't know. Yeah, well, um, we were talking earlier how I had seven dogs test positive, and I was like, WTF, you know? So, <laughs> oh, I'm so doctorly. I'm sorry. I was like, oh, hey, hey, you, 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 kept, you kept it clean. It's all good. The imidacide just anyway. <laughs> so um, you are the vetchick.com, right? So yes, <laughs> that's thing to say. Yes, this is the very vet chicky. So okay, um, I'm I'm gonna go in order here, but um, the first thing a lot of people don't realize is the heartworm preventative actually works a little backwards. So most people think when they're giving the the pill once a month, like if you give it on July first, that means you're set for July. You know, most people are like, oh, yes, for July, and it, it's actually. And that's what I thought before I went to vet school or those two. As but did it's I, by the way. The other way around. As did I, yeah. Good, I, okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, because, you know, because most things you give and it prevents in the future, and it's called a preventative. Right. Not a go-backative. Or, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> right. Um, but anyway, so basically what it does is in the prior month, in June, giving it on July 1st, any mosquito that bit your dog and injected little heartworm larva into them, it takes about, depending on who you read, 40 days or so for those worm larvae to mutate into adult worms. Well, when they reach adulthood, that heartworm pill doesn't touch them. But when they're babies, it does. So this heartworm pill is basically killing all the babies. You're basically cleaning the house every month. So instead of preventing future infection, which you are, um, but you're basically killing everything from that previous month. So, um, and a lot of people are like, it kind of matters because I have some people who around here, down there, I'm sure not, but um, don't give heartworm in the winter. In Florida, Roger, I know you have no winter, <laughs> you know, so you give yes. it year round. Uh, we have winter, um, kind of. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, but 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 our winter does not take away the mosquitoes. No, it does not. Yeah. So you and we have people who you know want to save some money and not give it in the winter. And if you know it works backwards, it kind of affects how you would give it too. Because mm-hmm. you know if it's October and you're and you're giving it November first, you're like, oh, well, November I don't have mosquitoes. Well, no, you need to give it because you're cleaning up after the October or there were mosquitoes. You know. So yeah. just kind of think of it think of it that way. Sure. So. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm lecturing here. So um, the this kind of dovetails on that, too. But the next one is that there is actually a little bit of a grace period with heartworm preventatives. And actually, Dr. Roger, you were saying that you had a lady who just had her dog test positive for heartworm, and she was only five days late. To her knowledge, she'd only missed one dose by five days two months prior. Wow. Um, and when we look back at her records and her heartworm purchasing from the prior year, you know, I mean, this is a lady who gets her yearlies done, like, to the day of the previous year. I mean, so I can believe her when she tells me that and her heartworm preventive purchase records were consistent with regular compliance. So yeah, five days, she said, which it's, that's still within the grace period. So. Well, right. That, that kind of, cause, cause it takes those worms between 40 and 50 days to mm-hmm. mutate. Right. And so the nice thing is, so everybody says, well, why can't I get my preventative every 40, 50 days? You could in yeah. theory. But it's marketed for every month because, well, in reality, that's when most people are actually going to give it, you know. And that way, if you do miss a few days, you have that grace period, you know, of, okay, you know, gloom and doom isn't happening. So so that's good. So, um, Dr. Raj, I'll have you touch on this one. Um, Another big misnomer we have is that heartworms actually don't live in the heart. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, they actually love to to hang around this area called the pulmonary artery, um, and the pulmonary artery connects the lung and the heart. Um, please, please refresh my um, my my, my uh, cardiovascular um, knowledge right now. <laughs> um, so 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 basically, the pulmonary artery is what takes blood away from the heart to the lung to pick up oxygen. Am I correct on that? Yeah. Okay. It goes from the heart to the lung. <laughs> the vein brings it. Yeah. Okay. okay. So so that's where they love to hang around. And what happens is they, they travel back and forth. They actually spend some time in the lung. but So they, they damage the lung, but they really damage that pulmonary artery. Is that what you're getting at? Mm-hmm. Well, And that artery is, I mean, Very I don't important. know. If you have a great day and it might be as big as a, I don't know, a half-inch pie. But I mean, in your Yorkie, it's, Ooh, you know. <laughs> And you get these heartworms that are as big as spaghetti. Yeah. And you have your whole pulmonary artery, which is as big as spaghetti, you know, and so you really can't fit very many worms in there. So um, the reason we call them heartworms is because, you know, they do extend into the heart and they do cause uh, heart failure. So, you know, they are affecting the heart, even though they don't technically live in the heart. Right. But, um, my, my favorite thing is, um, and a lot of people don't realize this too, the heartworm test, it's actually a little sexist. Uh, <laughs> and um, if you've got, if, if you have, you can have a few different heartworms living in your pet, and if it's a couple dudes, the heartworm test is going to be negative. <laughs> because, and not like we don't care about the males, you know, it's not like we're, we're trying to ignore them or anything. But they happen to not secrete anything that we know how to pick up in a test right. yet where the females happen to secrete this nice little antigen that we can test for. So if you will, all it takes is one worm that's girl and our heartworm test will find it. I like that. Um, a sexist test. <laughs> I know it is, but, um, and I'm sure some people are probably working very hard to find a heartworm test that can pick up something that males 
secrete because yeah. in cats they can only have one worm. Right. So if that worm's a, a a dude, then your heartworm test is negative. So if we can find a test that picks up the male worms, we can actually have a really good heartworm test for cats. Right. You know, because we can great point. So. Anywho, um, but the final thing, and this is one that we want to talk about the most, is um, size matters a lot when it comes to heartworm pills. So, and I have had, of the seven, I've had seven heartworm positive dogs in my practice in a month. And I only get seriously like maybe three a year, maybe. So why are, why are these dogs testing positive? Many of them were new clients. It was my first time seeing them, and they had been buying heartworm preventative online or got it from a vet who didn't require an annual exam to even see the dog or or got it from a friend or something, and they were dosing the wrong size, which most people are like, well, that's just dumb. Well, actually, it's kind of easy to do if your dog weighs over 100 pounds, and that's what (laughs) it's for, because if you read the fine print, most heartworm preventatives cover up to 100 pounds. Right. So if your dog is 110, then you have to give an additional heartworm pill. And most people have no idea about that. Do you have a lot of people that that's like new information, Dr. Roger? Absolutely. That's okay. such a good point. In fact, I have my staff trained to have that conversation um, because it's so, so uber important to give that, you know, to give the 100-pound the one and the 25-pound one, you know, because, yeah, size does really matter. Uh, and, and, and when, when I see a ton of positives, right? Because I, I, there's so much heartworm in Florida and that's one of the more common positive or reasons that I get positives is because, Oh, you've been compliant with heartworm. Yeah. Every month. What size are you using? A hundred pounds, up to a hundred pounds. And then I asked them, okay, well you have a 125 pound dog. So, Oh really? I just thought I just had to use the biggest size, you know? And And, and most things you do. You know, like it's so. Yeah, you know, I I kind of feel for the folks because you know it's it's not really clearly. I don't know. It says up to 100 pounds, but um, I don't know. I think I think in part it's 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 important to have that relationship with your veterinarian and have that relationship with the staff and not be doing the things like you said, like getting it from a friend or necessarily or purchase online, but you know have your vet involved in the process and what really bothers me is the uh, you know this this the uh i call them shot wagons <laughs> you know what i'm talking about oh yes <laughs> yeah they, they pull up and they'll vaccinate your dog for everything no matter what its lifestyle is including yes. giardia you know there's a, did you know there's a giardia vaccine i think they stopped making it thank god okay and because and because i was like really who does that Oh, people well, only those people do. <laughs> if your only income, and they're like rampant here in Florida. Like we, we, so we have a lot of mosquitoes. So we have a lot of heartworm. We also have a lot of quacks <laughs> across the board. Whether it's human medical, veterinary medical, you know, we are like we're not just the heartworm capital of the world, we're the quack capital of the world. Um, and so a lot of these guys are quacks. They are, and they're just going to plug your dog with every vaccine, regardless of lifestyle. Every year, even though the protocols say differently, and they're also dispensing heartworm without heart, updated heartworm tests. Um, and, and, you know, so as a result, I see a lot of positives come in from, you know, people that choose to utilize these, I say, quote unquote, services because it's not a service. 
Sorry, wow. am, I, am I a little am I a little bitter about this? I think someone's ranting. Just, just a little. <laughs> well, hey, hey really feel. <laughs> I'll tell you. You know, we've we've discussed before. This is therapeutic for us. <laughs> yes, it is. I, well, that's why I'm like venting about this. I'm like, give your dog the right size of artwork. I mean, <laughs> right. and and I have people who are like, oh, it's seriously one dog. It was 103 pounds. Yeah. Okay, three pounds. Like, okay, William, he poops. Weigh him again, he might have lost three pounds, you know? I mean, it could right. be something that simple. Um, but, and that dog was heartworm positive because uh-huh. they were giving the up to 100-pound size. So it's it's huge. And you know what? Round up. Like, if your dog is 125 pounds and you're like, ooh, should I give the extra up to 25 pounds? You know what? Don't even chance it. Give the extra 26 to 50-pound size, you know? It is so it, uber he, safe. Why not? Yeah. You know? I mean, heartworm... It, Heartworm preventative, like hard guard and try hard nose, especially that are pretty much just heartworm. Your dog can eat, your Yorkie can eat the entire 12 month box of the lab size right. and be fine. Yep. Well, it might have some loose stool because it's really rich, but not related to the drug. Yeah. So, so round, round up and just, just don't chance it. But, um, that's our rule of thumb as well. Cause we'll, we get those borderline dogs. Hey, he's a uh, 40. 9.2 pounds. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, go the next one up. You know, let's not do the 50 and under because there's a good chance this dog might put on a little weight. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, though. Oh, my gosh. I didn't tell you this, Dr. Roger. I I almost died. So I give Heartworm the first of the month. So we just had, you know, August 1st. And I gave all my dogs the usual size. And I have a dog who always weighs like 47 pounds, 46, 47. I gave him his, you know, up to 50 pound size. And a week later, I was like, you know, you're feeling kind of chubby, dude. So we did some family weigh-ins. <laughs> yeah, my dog weighs 52 pounds. Wow. I was like, okay, I'm that owner. Yep. Here I am. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, holy crap. I just gave my dog the wrong freaking heartworm. So I gave him another one because I'm like freaking out. Like, oh, my God, he's going to, you know. So, which he might have been fine. But anyway. Um, yeah. Again, why chance it? But, yeah, I mean, hello, I'm a vet. And my my own dog did this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, We're human, too. Yeah, I mean, because and I'm like, how did my dog get to be 52 pounds? It's a whole different conversation. But um, yeah, share the Pringles with you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Seriously, actually, yes. My husband taught him how to catch. (laughs) So there you go. All that practice, but um, oh shoot, I was going to say now. Um, We're talking about. (laughs) See, this is what happens when um, I get distracted. Oh well, I'll think of it later. But but the point is, oh, I know what it was going to say. I used to work at a place that shall remain nameless, one of the places I worked too. They were really, really, really strict on giving out heartworm preventative. Like they would not give it out. It, like they would look and see how much you bought and when you bought it. And like this is people like if you have two dogs who weigh the same, you, know, you buy it under one dog and they share and you buy it under the you know. Um, mm-hmm. And this place, they were like, oh, well, this dog already bought it. And, and they would not give it to people. And so people would call and say, hey, my dog gained weight. Can I get the next size up? Well, no, because you still have two pills left of the small size. That's weird. I know. Okay, thank you. Because I like that drove me crazy. I was like, just look, the people who want to do the right thing, Mm -hmm. give give them the freaking pills and the right. They're not like selling those two pills in the black market. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So so you got that one, and so I worked in a practice where if a person missed a dose or a couple of doses of heartworm, they would not dispense any more heartworm unless the person came in for a repeat heartworm test. Oh, geez. Makes, the, it, no sense. It makes no sense. Right. 
And, and can you explain to our, our listeners why that makes oh, no sense? I was actually going to ask you to. Dang, you got me first. Oh, <laughs> so, well, yeah, there, there's a, there's a six-month lag. So it's called a pre-patent says, period. I will say that. Pre-patent period. Pre-patent. I, I say lag. Lag. <laughs> it's a lag. So, um, but no, so basically, a mosquito bites your dog. It takes six months from the time the mosquito bites your dog and you don't give any heartworm pills until the time those worm babies have turned into adults and they're adults enough to secrete this antigen that shows up in the test that the females secrete. So if you miss a heartworm pill, and I get people who call me about this all the time, and they're like, oh my God, I missed the pill. When can you come and heartworm test my dog? I'm like, talk to me next year. And they're like, what do you mean? It'll it'll be negative. And I can come in three months and it'll be negative. So don't waste your money. So that's ridiculous, Roger. I mean, if somebody misses a pill to make them test, then you know it's going to be negative. Yeah, that was one of the many reasons I had to own my own practice, stuff like that. <laughs> yes. I was just like, why? <laughs> I know. And of course, you know, you're an associate, and you just got to follow the rules, and you just sit there like, this is so stupid. You know, um, one of the things I'd like to expand on for a moment is one problem that we do see here with finicky little dogs, especially um, a compliance issue with trifexis. So, unless I said the dirty word trifexis, I said it. Yes, I did. Um, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail over this. Do you I, carry like? Yeah, I carry trifexes. What do you carry the most? Like, what do you sell the most down there? Uh, so I'd, I'd say my the, the you know historically and not just my practice reflects this as well. But uh, Heartguard, Heartguard's an oldie but goodie. And you know why? It's got fifty four percent of market share, even though it's not that sort of all in one that's become really en vogue now. Like the trifexes gets your fleas, yeah. your internal parasites, and your heartworm. Um, they'll actually choose to buy Heartguard and combine it with a separate flea tick preventive. I usually use I like Provecto is really good because I love good. Provecto. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So um, it's it's all about the taste. That patented taste. Mm-hmm. No one's been able to reproduce it. The dogs freaking love it, and so the people are willing to pay for a second preventive for the fleas and the ticks, just so they can get that wonderfully tasting heart guard. And I'm glad you brought it up because the, the one knock on the Trifexis product and 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 the the, the Trifexis kills dogs crowd is going to hate me. They hate me already anyway. Have you ever been to that article? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's every year. Remember when Revolution killed dogs? Yes. And before, yes. I mean, you know, and Convenia always, killed cats, right? That was oh, yeah, and Remedial kills dogs. Right. Or, yeah. Every year something and, because, you know, my dog had a trifexis and went out the door and got hit by a car. <laughs> Clearly it was a trifexis. Do not well. give your dog trifexis. <laughs> yes. He will get hit by a car. You know, stuff like that, like. And that's a that's a, an exaggeration, but but seriously, you know the 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 uproar on trifexis started with a dog that ready ready for this had right sided heart failure already, and was under treatment for Cushing's disease, had trifexis and died like four or five days later. Had been on it for two years. This lady oh. was convinced the trifexis killed her dog, not the right sided heart failure, not the fact that he was thirteen years old, not the fact <laughs> that he's under treatment for Cushing's disease. You know, I don't. Know. And the right. first two years he got it didn't kill him. It was just right. that, it yeah. Just, it, yeah. It, had, it, took, it took time. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But the um, the knock on the product, it doesn't taste good. And my Labrador, who would, like, eat cardboard if you put some salt on it, even he looks, he'll look at it and be like, yeah, I'll eat it. But he kind of, like, he kind of grimaces as he eats it. <laughs> like, I'll eat this just because it's something that's edible. However, I'm not exactly enjoying this. You know, and um, so you get these little finicky, like, little Yorkies. You know, they don't, mm-hmm. they're like, nah, I am not having this. So you get compliance problems where, you know, the owners go through all this 
all this struggle to get them to eat it. They'll break it up. They'll mix it with peanut butter. They'll you know sprinkle it in the food. And you may be missing some dosing there. So I think that's an important thing for people to be cognizant of. Oh, you know, and you have guard, a I think, in those real little Yorkies, um, it's a big meaty chew, which makes it taste so good. But it's yeah. rich. It is and rich. And I have yeah. a couple, like, three-pound dogs that they're like, that is like a meal yeah. for my dog. <laughs> right. You know? Sure. Um, and so those are the dogs that I actually do revolution okay. or advantage multi because, you know what? Nothing goes in their stomach. Same, same stuff I like for a food trial. But they're like, oh, yes, I put on their skin. I have to wrestle my dog to get him to eat this thing every month. Hallelujah. Right. You know? Sure. So uh, that is a, a, a huge thing I found. I'm in a little Yorkies and Chihuahuas. I'm like, anymore. I'm like, don't even try heart guard because your dog's just going to be like, <laughs> yeah. for a day. So, so. So, so our problem with Advantage Multi here and Revolution is that the fleas here laugh at those products. They're like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, really? I'm a Florida, well, do Florida flea. doesn't do ticks. Yeah. We don't have actually major tick problems in most cases here, believe it or not. Really? At least in the beach. You know, I'm near the, I'm near the coast, right? So um, as you get more inland, you get more yeah. more ticks. But, but really in the beach areas, I don't really have a whole lot of tick problems uh, that I see. But the fleas, the fleas, the fleas, oh, good Lord, the fleas. Um, they laugh at Advantage Multi. They laugh at Revolution. I believe that Frontline is actually an aphrodisiac for fleas here in Florida. So you need something with some good flea killing. And so a lot of people will use that topical and they don't necessarily, they're not comfortable with using maybe another topical um, right. or, or combining it with like a Prevecto that's oral. So I don't sell as much of those, but I, I think it's a good idea. Well, yes, around, but around here, we worry more about ticks, right. actually. Although, again, sure. realize these little, these, the dogs we're talking about, the lifestyle of the three-pound dog is not the one going hiking right. necessarily, you know. Right. So oh, That's a good point. Yeah. So, <laughs> Those chihuahuas aren't hiking. <laughs> you know, well, no, now we're going to get an email from like the one hiking chihuahua who like, you know, oh, know. climbed Everest or something. And that which, actually doesn't have luxating patellas. <laughs> yes, exactly. So <laughs> they're out there. But actually, hey, I have a chihuahua mix. She's 20 pounds. She's a solid little thing. And she she can hike. She walks three miles every day. So I shouldn't judge. But most of them, when they're three pounds, you know, are, we're not sure about that. They're an so, accessory. Uh, they're in the purse, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> they even yeah. touch the ground. Yeah. But um, so anyway, but going going back to heartworm. Um, speaking of the little dogs, I think another important point to point out. Let me say point one more time: is that <laughs> the smaller the dog, the smaller the heart. Okay. So you want to be more and more diligent, so much more diligent with a little dog getting heartworm. Because I actually have had small dogs with heartworm. We've treated, we've done everything right, and they still die a couple of years later, mm-hmm. just because the heartworms are the same size no matter what. You know, so you have a spaghetti-sized heartworm, and your Great Dane heart can handle it. You know, you can have a few of them. And this Chihuahua heart, it doesn't take much to clog that sucker up, that pulmonary artery, and yeah. there you have heart failure almost immediately. So That's another reason. Great. I'm so glad you brought that up um, because, you know, we see so much clinical heartworm here. I, I 100% back up your statement um, that the bigger dogs fare better with heartworm. It's It's... So much worse in little dogs, and and that's exactly the reason. It's going to be the same size size worm in a you know five pound chihuahua. Is that a shaking dog I hear back there? Uh, yeah, there was a morning go bucket something. Yeah, that's I'm cool. in a professional studio. Mm. <laughs> hey, listen, this is a pet show. I think it's most appropriate to have a dog skulking around the place. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I saw your face. We're like, what in the world? <laughs> so is that is that been your clinical experience as well, though? Like it, you know the. Smaller dogs just they fare worse. Oh yeah, and it scares me. I mean, like 
big dogs, people are like, okay, it's expensive because you have to buy more heartworm stuff. And they're like, I can't afford the chest x-rays. I can't afford this. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. You know, you do what you can. Small dogs, I'm like, I'm sorry. I have to have a chest x-ray. I have to. Yeah. Because I need to know what am I up against here? You know, I mean, because yeah. I, I don't know. Have you, have you ever had a dog where you've actually had the heartworm surgically extracted? Uh, not since veterinary school, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, Mine was actually, I had a patient in veterinary school. Okay. Your case in vet while at Illinois still? Actually, it was my foster dog. Okay. So I was, you might have seen it because you were two years ahead of me. Okay. Yeah. So the poor dog, we, we get her from a rescue. I actually ran a dog rescue in vet school because, you know, vet school wasn't hard enough. I had to found and direct a nonprofit, you know, just to keep me on the streets. Yeah, hey, you know. Um, so anyway, we get this dog from a shelter in Kentucky. She has a three-legged lab, so she already had a knock against her. Sweetest dog in the world. We were told she was negative for heartworm, current on vaccines, all this good stuff. Great. So uh, there's a fellow vet student agreed to foster her, so I have her transported up, and she's fostering her, and she's coughing. They're like, huh, well, she's heartworm negative, they said. They said. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, Were there a lot of dudes in that heart? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So... Um, Long story short, we ended up just doing a heartworm test just out of just sheer desperation, and it was positive. So we did chest x-rays, and um, actually we did the chest x-rays first, and then we did the heartworm test after we saw the horrible chest x-rays. Like, this dog was in heart failure, bad, bad, bad. She had so many heartworms that they said it was not safe to try to do the normal treatment to kill them because the heart doesn't care if the worms are dead or alive. It's a physical obstruction, you know. So, and I think that might have been when you were here, when you were in your fourth year. So, uh, the cardiologist actually did a procedure where they uh, went in through the femoral artery, which is an artery in the thigh, and they wound a little coil up into the heart, and we followed it on ultrasound, and we watched them pull out the worms. I, to this day, have the jar of worms that they pulled out of that dog's heart. Like a little alligator clamp, it looks like. Uh-huh. Um, so I had a case on cardiology. Wouldn't it be crazy if it was that case? Because you don't well, see stuff like wonder. that. Already. Yeah. Was it Dr. Yeah. Was Dr. Sisson the cardiologist? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So doctor, I was on that rotation um, with Dr. Sisson. We had a case. Um, I forget his chief resident's name. Great guy. He had long hair Dr. with a ponytail. What was it? Well, we had Dr. Oyama. Oh, Oyama was great. Yeah. I knew. I, so I, I was under him as well. But there's kind of like the surfer dude looking guy. Brilliant guy. I uh, forget his name. He was a chief resident. And then Rob Prosick. Dr. Yeah. Rob Prosick. Um, uh, but that was a fun rotation. They're a crazy group of guys. It's really, so really cool. <laughs> well, that, one of the cardiologists had a saying, it's not if you smoke, it's what you smoke. It's what you smoke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were like, okay, we have diverged way off of yeah. Harvard anyway. Tangent. Well, you can see why that was a fun rotation. But yeah. I, I, wonder, I, I wonder if that was my case. I don't remember what the breed of dog was. But you don't forget a case like that because, yeah, they actually, we actually took them out. That was yeah. just incredible. Um, but, um, one of the things I'd like to mention is, so you talked about chest x-rays and of course, as veterinarians, we always have the gold standard of what we want and need to do. And then we are always, um, up against budget constraints and, and people, things being cost prohibitive for people. Um, but I don't budge on the x-rays no matter what the size of the dog is. Um, and, and mostly it's because of one really bad experience that I had about three or four years ago. Uh, a dog came in, was heartworm positive and, um, the folks said, hey, listen, if, if, if we can skip the x-rays, we want to do the treatment, you know, what have you. Uh, so we didn't take the x-rays. We skipped that step. We treated the heartworm. The dog did great. A month later, it comes back in kind of lethargic and panting heavy. 
And, you know, the treatment was done. Everything was fine. There's no allergic reactions. Did fine with the malarcemine, the, the injections. But we take x-rays and there's metastatic disease all over the lungs. So what I mean by metastatic disease, folks, is this dog had lung cancer all over its lungs. So in hindsight, had I known there was tumors all over the lungs, I would not have treated uh, for, for the heartworm and put the dog through that and spent people's money that obviously was in tight supply. Uh, it's the same reason I also don't, uh, I won't repair ACLs, even if I, if I have an obvious like knee that I could pull to China, I will not repair them without an x-ray because uh, not me, but a friend of mine had a case where he repaired the ACL without an x-ray to save the client money. And the, the, the procedure never went well. The suture pulled through. Well, as it turned out, he ultimately did do an x-ray and there was an osteosarcoma, a big tumor. Oh, geez. That's what had caused the ACL tear was the tumor, the bone tumor. Uh, and that's why the procedure didn't go well because the bone wouldn't hold the suture in place. So things like that, you just stick with you. And, and, and so I'd rather somebody go somewhere else where somebody is willing to skip a diagnostic step. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that I don't budge in other things. You know, this episodes like that just kind of stay with you. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, no, and we all have those ones that kind of. Yeah. scar us <laughs> you oh, know yeah. Yeah. um but yeah I, mean, I have a one that scarred me it was a little chihuahua that i treated for heartworm and she could barely afford the heartworm treatment and i was at kind of a lower budget clinic where they actually someone else had suggested oh well we don't have to do all three shots you can do just two shots and save yourself some money that's the old school way. So, yes and there's people that still do it so yeah and, and it's better than nothing, I guess, you know, if it comes down to that or nothing. But To, to be honest, it works very well, you know, because when I first moved here, I was doing that. And, of course, the protocols have changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but actually, it, um, mm-hmm. it kills 90% of the worms versus 99.5, which is what the three-shot protocol kills. So, right, right. But you do have more complications. This sure. is a dog who did well and then uh, less than a year later was dead. Wow. Yeah, and um, they they came into they went to the emergency clinic, respiratory distress, couldn't breathe, turning purple, and it had just faked it. She couldn't afford X-rays before we treated the heartworm. You know, she um, only did the two shots. We're just trying to, you know, she's an old lady in a fixed income. Just got this dog, and we're trying to do a good thing and help her. And um, a year later, she didn't have a dog anymore. And um, I mean, the chest x-rays in Trinity Burns Clinic, and that dog was in a horrible heart failure. And who knows how long that was going on, mm. you know, before we even knew. But sure. um, she was actually like, hey, you know what? I got an extra year with her, you know. And so she had a really good attitude about it. But um, yeah. still, I mean, actually, I just wrote another blog article. It's going to come out pretty soon on uh, the long and winding road of heartworm treatment. And I talk about why <laughs> the, the three shots and why heartworm treatment takes, like, four freaking months you know i mean it's it's painful because most people that you hear your dog has heartworm and you're like okay let's kill him now you know and it's like and that's how it used to be you know it's just kind of a buzzkill so yeah that's that's a great um i guess you're following probably that whole heart american heartworm society protocol the doxycycline antibiotic therapy the steroid therapy the chest x-rays you know all that um (laughs) That, that's what we're doing as well. I mean, we we have to adhere to the gold standard here because we see so darn much of it. Um, it's just one of those things that um, you're almost you're almost kind of like a pariah here unless you're doing unless you're doing that updated protocol. You know, the the right one. 
Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> you, have so, you, have, you have so much of it down there. Yeah, because, right. I mean, here we get vets who treat heartworm once every three years, you sure. know? I mean, sure. and so yeah. they're like, but um, when I was in New Jersey, we had this old bottle of heartworm treatment on the side. It was dusty. (laughs) They had it there. And I was like, wow, what's this dusty, janky old bottle? And they're like, well, we bought it in case we ever got a heartworm. I think it expired like in 2000 or something, but you know, but they're like, but that just shows you how rarely like the more north you go, you just don't see it. I mean, but then where you are, it's like routine, you know, I mean, those vets in Jersey probably, if you ask them how to treat heartworm, they'd be like, oh, I don't know. Let me go look it up, you know, because they haven't done it in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, well, I went through the – I had shell shock. Not shell shock. I had culture shock. Not, <laughs> shell shock is not the right word. Culture shock, when I get down here, two, two things hit me in, in, like, my first week of practice. Number one, I better learn how to treat heartworms because I never treated a case outside of vet school because I worked in New York for three years. So I didn't see any heartworm. Yeah. And then secondly uh, – the amount of fleas, I just couldn't believe it. You know, so, you know, as part of your physical exam, you, you run a flea comb through, you know. But, but you know, I, I saw a flea maybe once every two or three months, you know, up in New York. Here it's like, oh, your dog has fleas. Oh, your cat has fleas. Oh, your dog has fleas. It's amazing. <laughs> the fleas, they're well, on steroids. I really believe that. <laughs> well, the demographics of your area, let me tell you. Wow, I got an eye-opening experience. So I, I've... I've worked at a lot of different places um, just because I'll do fill in work when a friend goes on vacation and they're like, Hey, run my vet clinic for a week. Okay, sure. You know? Yeah. So, um, Oh my gosh. So when I was at the Humane Society of Missouri, there was people who were more low income came in. I had one day in the summer, I think it was, we were, we were there like eight to seven and I think it was five thirty when, and I see patients about every 15, 20 minutes. They had my first patient that did not have fleas. Your first patient. I mean, yeah, I was like, I think I actually gave him a gold star. I was like, you're my yeah. first patient today that is not flea infested. Congratulations. Mm. So, I mean, it's... We need to have a flea place. episode. Uh, <laughs> so, so before you came along and started, um, you know, guest writing for, for my blog, and then we met, actually, uh, I had an, a previous writer. I don't know where she went. She was really clever, though. She actually had an article called Flea Nile. The the, the, the flea yeah. denial. So I was like, yes. your, your your dog has fleas. No, he doesn't. We don't have fleas. He's never had fleas. Well, he does now. He must have picked them up here. <laughs> yeah. Must have picked them up here in this clinic. How dare you give my dog fleas? Yes. <laughs> you know, you sit there now. Listen, your dog's not going to sudden, suddenly have 40 fleas flock to him. <laughs> it's not how it works. Anyway. Oh, no, the best one. I had this very <laughs> prim and proper older woman. She was very, very wealthy. And, um, she was a big donor, I think, and she brought in her, I think it was like her nieces or granddaughters or you know, somebody. It wasn't really her direct dog. And um, they came in for an eye thing, and then I'm looking at the dog's eye, and a flea runs right across the forehead. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, um, we have fleas, Mrs. Jones. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, I just saw a flea run across the forehead. Oh, my God. She stands up. Throws off her scarf, throws it on the ground, throws off her jacket, throws it on the ground. I'm like, okay. She's like, oh my god, I was holding this dog. I'm like, okay, remain closed, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it was just like this. She's gonna burn her all of her clothes right there. I was like, okay, we can. We'll get through this. Just, wow. Just keep on a base layer. So, but, I mean, yeah, some people really it, are, are shocked, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, shocked in different ways. Really yeah, one like, is denial. Know. One is. 
I need to jump in a pool immediately. <laughs> and of course, I'm sitting there laughing at her because I know her, and she's like crying, and I'm like, ah! so. <laughs> Anyway, how do we get on this topic anyway? Wow, we really diverged. Well, well you know, mosquitoes, fleas. And all parasites. All you parasites know. are, par- you know, parasites. But, yeah, that was a great great heartworm uh, uh, article. And I would say if, if you want to see just the more detailed, you know, organized, non-tangent uh, <laughs> information, it's a, it's a great article. I really enjoyed it. And, and, and that's what I love about your blog is that um, you really connect with, the average pet owner. I mean, things that we take for granted that, you know, people just don't know and it's not their fault. You know, it's, it's never, it's often not conveyed. It's our fault actually. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> so. well, yeah, cause it's funny because um, I told my husband the other day, there was something that I thought was common sense because in our field it, it was, you know, sure. and, yeah. um, and he was, I had stopped, I forget what it was. I had stopped explaining it to him and he was just appalled. And so then, um, a few minutes later, I'm trying to fix something on the computer, and he's like, well, just do this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I have no freaking clue what you're even talking about. Come here. And he's like, what? I couldn't do it at the computer. He thought it was total common sense. You know what I mean? Because that's his sure. field. Sure. And he was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? You don't know this Linux-based operating system. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I only speak two computer languages, not three. So, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just really funny. It was a very good juxtaposition about how things that we assume are sure. common sense were to him, like, totally foreign, you know, and then when yeah. he thought it was common sense, he thought I was a complete moron, so. And, and, and like, I, I don't know about you, but, like, you know, the, when I look at my circle of friends and people I, you know, spend time with out, you know, on a social basis, they're all doctors, they're all veterinarians, so it even further compounds it, because we're talking to each other constantly, and it becomes normal that everyone you know knows these things. You know? Yes. As it turns out, no, they don't, and it's, and we, we need to we need to speak more in lay terminology and convey this information. So great job on that article. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So I, you know what? I, I, I got to uh, run here. You know why? Why? I have to get to bed because at 8 a.m., guess what I get to do? I get to have a root canal tomorrow. Yay me. Oh, God. Uh-huh. So I have, I have an article coming up, and it's actually going to be why, why having a root canal has made me a better doctor. This is part two of the root canal, by the way. It was so oh. epically bad that it's a two-stage procedure. <laughs> oh he had to pack God. it with an antimicrobial that hardens, and now he's going to drill that out tomorrow and then pack it with the cement. So, Oh, God. Yeah, good times. What happened with that? Yeah, yeah. Nah, so when that article comes out, I'll let you know. Um, I'm, not, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Build suspense. Yes, yes. suspense. Maybe we can even have an episode about it, my root canal. So uh, any other tidbits on heartworm? Before we, um, I think we covered it. Just weigh your dog if you're not sure and yep. round up. Those are the round two take-home up. messages. Yes. and, and Size you, matters. Size matters. And be extra vigilant if you have a small dog. And I think lastly, if your dog doesn't particularly like a heartworm preventive, it may be a good idea to find what he does like because compliance and eating all of it is very important. Yeah, life's too short to have it be a once-a-month battle. Absolutely, so. absolutely. One little tip, by the way, I want to tell my listeners here, and maybe for you as well in case you ever use Trifexis, one thing that does increase or, let's say, decrease the bad taste of it, if you open it up and let it air out for 30 minutes, my dog likes it better when I do that. Really? It, it takes some of the earthy. It's like an earthy taste. I've, earthy. Actually, I've actually tasted it. Um, it tastes earthy because spinosa comes from dirt, you know, so it's got kind of an earthy taste. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Well, actually, what I suggest for dogs who are picky is I actually like Sentinel. 
because it's small. Sure. And yep. you can hide it. It's very concealable, <laughs> you know, versus mm-hmm. the other ones are these big, chewy things. Yep. And Sentinel, I'm like, throw some peanut butter around that bad boy, and you're done. So. Sentinel's great, and also you get the in- insect growth regulator to, to prevent flea reproduction. Which is that cool. means it's flea birth control. I'll flea, translate. Flea birth control. <laughs> That's what I tell them. <laughs> yes, it is. Same yes, effect, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like fentanyl as well. It's uh, And it's priced very competitively now. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's actually the one, the, the one I carry most. Yeah. So. And if I didn't have fleas on steroids, I'd probably sell more of it. But yeah. <laughs> the fleas are just like, ha, 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 ha. Don't waste your time I with that. I your birth control. Yeah. <laughs> as they're flexing their biceps. <laughs> So, well, okay, you have yourself you, a pleasant yeah. evening. I would um, tell you to have a good day tomorrow, but that won't happen. So with oh, yeah, it'll be all right. My face will be numb for about four hours. Um, I'll be drooling on myself, and I'll be smelling smoke as he re-drills my tooth for part two. <laughs> oh, but, God. Uh, hey, it's better than the alternative, which will be in my article. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, yes, anyway, um, email us if you have any other questions or story ideas. Um, check out our blogs, you know, web-dvm.net or... Um, thatchick.com and um, yeah tune in next time and we'll, we'll have another good topic we'll yes. decide if it's root canals or something else yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll try to we'll probably, we got to try to podcast more often so we can keep up with our, our listener mail I know like, it's getting out of hand it is it's, it's so nice being popular <laughs> we're so desperate to feed our egos I like, know oh. I know I feel so flattered <laughs> anyway have a good night everybody thanks guys Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.